0: Welcome back in to the Subconscious Mind Mastery Podcast. I'm Thomas Miller. So glad you're here. Thank you for stopping by. Last podcast, which was released on a Sunday, we started a theme that I wanted to come back and revisit. I stated in there that we should take a look at this in the future. And this is going to be just more of a standalone because I think the the points here are important. So I wanted to continue this thought about how can we Use this natural intuition that we're all given to flush out if we're being deceived in any given moment. And this can be used on any scale, like we talked about last time. Something, you know, quote unquote, insignificant. It's not insignificant if you're getting ready to order the fish. But, you know, you ask a waiter, is this fish farmed or is it wild caught? You know, not a big deal. But if you are interested in the origination and the source of that fish that you're about to eat, well, it is important and certainly it's important in a marriage and when kids are involved etc or maybe at your job and you know i know this one's that one rings a bell because a lot of corporations are not purely authentic i'll just leave it at that or you know stuff that if you're in sales especially that that customer would benefit from knowing if they knew the whole spectrum and yet a lot of things are held back so This is just a big realm. All right, so what do we do with this? We're going to start and finish with this principle, and that is to stand for truth by being truth yourself. That's really where this begins and ends at the end of the day. We can embellish it like we're going to do here, but if you are truth, if that is what you are in your core, then deception will pretty much flush itself out. But here are some thoughts So, first of all, the setting the stage thought is that I think times have shifted. If you're older, I think you probably see this as a new dynamic now, but not really. And I'll tell you why I say that in a second. It it seems like, though, now I can't I don't have the perspective, obviously, of somebody who's in their 20s or 30s or even early 40s. But if you are younger You don't yet have the context of, you know, the old person who says, well, I remember back in the 70s, we didn't used to do it that way. Well, the 70s were no perfect decade either. So it's like, let's don't go back in the mind's eye and try to recreate what wasn't there. This really came home to roost. And I told the story about the Killers of the Flower Moon, the movie that's getting ready to come out, uh, should be out, what, in about another week from when this is being recorded. But the book was written several years ago by a guy that is a writer for the New York Times. It's a story about the Osage Indians in Oklahoma and the discovery of oil on their land. But when that land was purchased back in the early 1800s by then-president Thomas Jefferson, the primary author of the Declaration of Independence, lied to the Osage Indians about relocating them after the Louisiana Purchase. He lied about his slave and children born to that slave. But I think one of the reasons why this is more amplified right now is that the planet in the sky that begins and ends with lies and deceptions is Neptune. And it is in this phase where it's going through its own sign of Pisces. So I think this is being dug up a lot more now than it has been in the past. And that really is probably what we're feeling more is this spotlight focus of energy on this whole area. And obviously, if you found this podcast and are listening still to this one, then you are concerned about higher levels of consciousness. You're concerned in your own life. You're concerned about the collective. Like we just mentioned, you are one who stands for truth. And yet, when you go out there... Or maybe right at home, like I said, or at work, wherever it shows up, there may be lies and deceptions that you would rather be able to flush out more at the beginning than on the backside when it's all played out. So let's talk about five areas that I think we can incorporate. Some of these are intuitive and some are not, but I think these are five radars that you can deploy to be alert to whether you are receiving the truth or not. And the first one is body language. One of these is obvious. One of them is more subtle. Obviously, eye contact is big. If people cannot grill you in the eyes and just connect eye to eye and they look away or if they look up or to the left or right while they're trying to say something. Yeah, the NLP folks say that they're fishing for the information or some people look, I guess, down, down to the left, down to the right. Okay, that might be, for a brief moment, yes, it might be that we go into our subconscious for an answer. A better personal skill set would be to learn to actually just hold space. So, in other words, if you're stuck, Fred does this so amazingly well. If you ever listen to his interviews, I edit those, but sometimes there are some long pauses between question and answer or in between thoughts within an answer because he's searching inside. I started working at a radio station when I was 19, 20 and through there. And, you know, the thing about no dead air, right? You don't want anything between the song and the commercial and the you're coming in and get in and get out quick and all of that. And that uh, (laughs) those things that are embedded in you back in those eras don't stay with you. You know, they don't leave. Right. They stay with you. So Fred always said to me, why don't you just pause a little bit? You know, well, it's because I learned otherwise when I was young or some dead air. No, I won't do that. <laughs> but um, Paul Harvey used them very effectively, didn't he? But the point is, there is a skill to just being able, like, if you're in conversation with somebody and you hit a wall of thought, or you're looking for the an intuitive, like, help me here, then what's wrong with just staying staring right at their eyes while you're just looking within? So you don't have to break contact by looking away. You don't have to look up or down. You just hold the space. But if the eye contact continues to stay down or to stay away or to wander or come back real quick and then take off in another direction, watch out. You can also watch their body sway too. If you're in person, you can see if they try to sway or if they move back a little bit. They might roll a shoulder back or something to get away from you. But the other one is more subtle, but just as real. And that is often when people are lying, they 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 uh, they, 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 um, they they won't be able to get get uh, the words out, stuttering. I've done a lot of interviews. And I look back now on some of the interviews that I've done and realize, especially with hindsight, when people were lying, they somehow can't get the words out. The the thought of this came when somebody pointed this out at a recent White House press conference. And it wasn't I, I forget who it was. It was one of the like one of the department spokespeople. And it was about the Israeli conflict. And it was about airlifting Americans out. And when he was talking about the initial part of the question, the initial answer, he had eye contact and then he broke eye contact, looked down at the podium, would not look back up and could not get the words out when he was trying to say that we're doing everything we can to get everybody out on the next available flights. Blah, blah, blah. It was a bunch of BS. And he knew it and he couldn't get the words out. Not only, he was breaking both of these. No eye contact and stuttering, and there you go. I mean, that's just, you just know right there is a lie. I'll tell you another one that comes under this category of kind of body language type stuff is if there's a real quick snappy answer back. So go back to our restaurant situation. Is this fish wild caught? Oh, yeah. What that means is I have no idea. It doesn't matter to me, but if it's important to you, then the answer is yes. (laughs) It's like... Okay, next question, right? Do You need a refill of your drink. But contrast that to a waiter who might take just a minute to say, you know, that's a really important point, and I only myself eat wild-caught fish. So I actually ask our manager, and what we do is we have a contact point back in Seattle where the boats come in, and they go to the piers two, three, four times a week to inspect the shipments that come to us. And I didn't realize that, but I thought it was a real cool overlay. That's why it's a little more expensive, but it is absolutely wild caught. That's how we get our fish. And I knew that was true when he showed me some pictures on his phone as he was telling me. He pulled his phone out and showed me the guy on the dock looking at the fish. Yeah, that's when you order up, you know. It's like, okay, thank you. I appreciate that. Now, the other thing you could do as you get more skilled in this is you could at least kind of think of, and you kind of have to prepare this, it, I, probably unusual that it would come out in the moment, but you could throw a qualifying question in that would bust them in the lie. But I mean, at some point, it's like, is that worth it? You know, it's not about going around proving other people wrong. They're in the consciousness that they are in. And like I said at the beginning, the way we're going to beat the theme through this, you stand for the truth. Being truth yourself will flush the rest of it out. All right, that's the number one. I got to move on here. The rest of these are pretty quick. Number two, you can watch for subtle inconsistencies. This one happened to me just a week or so ago. I was shipping a package in a UPS store. It was some microphones I had sold on eBay, and I wanted to pack them because I knew how they needed to be packed. I knew what was inside, and there was a certain way that it needed to be prepared. So I didn't have all the boxing I needed, so I went to the UPS store just thinking, well, what I've done so far will be box number one. I kind of need to encase that, and then that will go into another box, and then I'll be done. But I wanted to do the packing myself. Well, I went into the store, walked up, straight up to this agent who was on her phone. She was flipping through stuff on her phone. And I told her what I preferred to do, and she looked over to the packing area, which nobody was over there. And she said, no, we don't allow customers to do that because we're so busy that we don't let customers come back into that area to pack things themselves. Now, they had just moved to a new location. And in this packing area was all kinds of space. In fact, they put way too much space in there because there was a lot of square footage that was just open in the middle, not even any desks or anything. It was totally functionless space. And there was no body there and she was flipping on her phone. How you do anything is how you do everything. And I knew right there that that lady was just boldface lying to me. She just didn't want to mess with me, that was all. Now there I did point it out. I said, really? You're so busy that you can sit here and scroll on your phone instead of being over there packing up a box? Hmm, interesting. Okay, thank you. I'll go someplace else. I got in the car and drove 30 minutes to Asheville where a lady... (laughs) Here's the contrast. So I called this other packing place. I drove over to Asheville. You know the Chewy's boxes that come, the pet stuff? Well, she had a whole stack of them in there. She pulled one that was just the right size. She boxed it up for me, taped everything up, and didn't even charge me. Lies versus truth. I'm telling you, it's a big deal. So that's number two. Radar number three. Just watch and observe. Now, see, like the UPS lady, first of all, I wasn't going to stand around and watch stuff, but I'll bet that she would tell other customers other stuff just to shut them up, too. But when you have time to observe and just watch a situation then you take in the response, you take in what somebody says with a great big hmm, either out loud or to yourself, (laughs) but just a great big hmm. Okay, let's see where this goes. You ever had a cat? you ever watch the cat chase a a bug or a a mouse or an object or something? There's a point where they both just kind of freeze. And the mouse is like, okay, I'm dead if I move. And the cat is like, okay, I'll eat when it moves. (laughs) It's like, (laughs) that's the idea here, right? Is you just kind of sit and watch and wait and see how it plays out. It's the old umbrella of So tell me, how's that working for you, right? Because eventually the lie will come to the truth, and then you just kind of don't even have to say anything. And you really mix this with one of life's best principles. How you do anything is how you do everything. So you realize as you're watching, other things will come up. It's just inevitable. In the situation that you're in, or whatever you're trying to flush out, It is absolutely almost statistically impossible that that person whose truth you are questioning in the couple of decades, three or four, five, six decades of their life that they've lived in some random, isolated moment chose to lie only to you. (laughs) Get the point, right? Like, no, it'll come around and there will be others. And all you have to do is just watch for it. Then you've got a stack of stuff and you know that, okay, there's deception here. Okay, radar point number four, when there is a special or overemphasis on the story or the points, truth can be very easily handled in simplicity. Lies have to be covered up. If there's a story with unnecessary details, usually it's like a broom trying to sweep up the floor. There again, you can just let it play out. You don't have to challenge it. Just let it play out. Let People will so often talk themselves right into a hole. If you pick up on that radar while it's happening in the moment, you can use questions to dig the hole a little deeper. <laughs> but that's where you play with it and see if you're not attached to it. Like, OK, I know I'm being lied to here, so I'm just going to, you know, I know what the truth is. I know what I need to do in this situation as a result I'm just going to play with it a little bit. Well, you can do that. And the end game of that is not bad either, I don't think, because in those situations where it is appropriate or where you do feel led to mention something like I mentioned and referenced in the last podcast, it can help them tremendously in a very positive way. And I know when you're sitting there being lied to, generally that brings up a low level of energy called anger. And that's where you have to deal with that reaction, remove that, get back over on the side of love, have empathy, compassion, sympathy for that person and love them enough to say, you know, dot, dot, dot. Now, let's get to number five, the big one, intuition. We talked about it before, sitting with that long pause versus instantly responding. What I do is I scan my chakra line. I've gotten to expand that out. Usually for me, things like this come right in the middle of the chest. You have your own spot where the intuitive pulse hits in your body physically. But now I've broadened out to scanning the whole area because maybe there's a little subtle something up in the third eye or the crown area, or maybe there's something in the sacral area that can contribute to this rather than just that initial pulse point. But as you scan your chakra line, even do a muscle test, is this the truth or do both? Is this the truth? And then feel not only in your muscles, but also in your chakra, then you'll have your answer. But it comes in the pause, not in the initial reaction. Step away from it as fast as you can. If you feel like you're being lied to, back up, clear, hold some space, buy some time. Who says there's a reaction that has to be given right now? Snap reaction like nothing. And then that switches the power over to you because now you will choose the moment when to readdress it. Or just realize, I'm not getting involved here. You know, the retail restaurant kind of situation. It's like, eh, and just let it go. Give it to the universe. Their time will come. We don't have to save the whole world in one night. (laughs) But obviously, if it's somebody close in, if it's a family member, a good friend, etc., then you need to choose the right moment. And that, too, can be guided by intuition. But if you are going to do something, only do it from love. The anger has to be removed, or else you're in that low vibe and it will not be a good outcome. Then it becomes a clash. And even that's a good point because the wisdom will come in coming back to them in a non judgmental way, not with anger, that will be provocative to get them thinking. And I'll tell you, that's a golden rule for anybody that was raised in a, in a Baptist home. <laughs> when you preach, you point fingers, you get a reaction. When you stimulate thought, then you get them thinking in their own space. And you've planted the seed. Now get out of the way. Back to that Neptune thing. There's a big energy going on right now that can shift it on its own. It doesn't need our help. We just do our little part. God can do the rest. Then I'm going to close the way we began. You remember it now. We've said it three times. Stand for the truth by being truth yourself. And if you really sit with that for a second, just close your eyes and sit with standing for truth by being truth myself gives you a lot of empowerment and just ease because you know that your feet are solid Then you can use these little radars to navigate the world around you from a very solid base. Wow. Great way to think high timeline in these Neptune in Pisces times, which will complete and move on to Aries in early 2026. Thank you so much for listening. I totally support our mutual standing for each other as we stand in the truth. And boy, it sure does help us enjoy the journey more, doesn't it? I love you. Thanks for listening. I'm Thomas Miller. We'll see you next time.